Oh, I want to thank you all for tuning in to the 213th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. Whether you're listening via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whatever podcasting app you may be listening to me via, the show's going to be a little bit different today. As per usual, on Mondays, I usually have my guy Kenny Sim on. Scouting expert for 247 Sports, and we break down every week of NFL action. Uh, I'm out of town. So th- there's just a couple of uh, difficulties that make it a little bit harder to uh, do the normally scheduled podcast. But I'm going to be back home, actually, on Tuesday. Uh, that's what I'm going to plan to record with Kenny. So that's when we're going to kind of break down this week's six of NFL action. And we're also going to talk about the Monday night games that happened uh, today, actually, as well. So we're just going to break actually break down the whole full slate of games. So it's going to be a tad bit different than you're normally used to. But it's going to be the same thing anyway. And we're going to head on the Sunday night, Monday night, uh, Sunday night, Sunday night afternoon game. Get Kenny's perspective on the Buccaneers blowing out the undefeated Green Bay Packers at the time. So we're going to get all that. So what I decided to do when we're not going to have Kenny on, we're not going to kind of do this current uh, reaction to uh, what is the NFL and football in general, I decided, you know what, me and Ben Karen, we've been doing 20 for 20s. Um, we're trying to build up for 20, some 20 for 20s for situations like this, I guess, where maybe you can't do a current podcast and we have some little nuggets to keep this three days a week podcast up. So what me and Ben have for you all today is uh, our top 20 college football players of all time of the last decade. So we get into everything from 2010 up till now. It's going to be really interesting to see who our number one picks were. So we're going to have that kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast, and we are going to do something we have not done in a while. Uh, I know people love it when we do our 20 for 20, so we're going to bring it back. We're going to do 20 for 20, and the topic that we are going to have is the 20 best college football players of this last decade, so from 2010 uh, all the way till now. Uh, a lot of great players, Heisman winners, uh, a lot of quarterbacks that have led their teams to championships, a lot of number one overall picks, uh, a, a lot of guys that were personally hard for me to leave off the list. So I'm going to be really interested to see, interested to see what Ben has. So Ben, just tell me, how are you doing today, man? And how excited are you that we're bringing 20 for 20 back? I'm good today. You know, it was uh, kind of a hard day, but um, a good day to lean on some sports, enjoy some sports. And I am very excited about bringing 20 for 20 back. So, Ben, I will let you go first. Who do you have at number 20? Okay, so number 20 for me, Daryl, I went with Melvin Gordon, um, the legendary running back from Wisconsin. And, you know, he uh, made first team uh, all Big Ten in 2014. He was also the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year in 2014, as well as the Anonymous All-American. Uh, but really what stood out for me and why I put him on the list is that he rushed for 2,587 yards in a single season in 2014. And just for listeners that might not know, that's second all-time behind a guy you might have heard of named Barry Sanders. He also ended up amassing uh, 4,915 total yards and 45 touchdowns for his collegiate career. So hat off to Melvin Gordon, one of the best running backs we've seen in the last decade. That's interesting. I did not think of Melvin Gordon. Now, for me at number 20, uh, I I wanted to spread the love. So I'm going to give this to somebody that I don't think gets talked about a lot and to somebody that maybe people wouldn't think of. 
I'm going to go with Barrett Jones, offensive lineman out of Alabama. He was a uh, three-time national champion. Uh, won one in 2009, 2011, and 2012. Was a starter at guard as a freshman. Then moves to left tackle uh, as a junior. Then goes all the way to center uh, as a senior and was an Outland Award winner and a Remington Award winner, uh, which is for the best center in college football and the best offensive lineman in college football, respectively. Uh, it was really an anchor of those early Alabama dynasties. So I'm going to give it to Barrett Jones for me at number 20. Very good pick. I didn't think about Barrett Jones, but I like that pick. Now, who do you have at uh, 19, Ben? Number 19 for me, Daryl, I have Joey Bosa, defensive end out of Ohio State. Uh, he was instrumental in that uh, college football championship in 2015. He was the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in 2014, and he made first team uh, all Big Ten both 2014 and in 2015. And just uh, looking at uh, the three seasons he is at Ohio State, he managed to total up 26 sacks and five forced fumbles. So he was just constantly um, a disruptive presence for that Ohio State defense. Also one of a championship. Indeed he did. Uh, now for me at number 19... I'm going to go with a, a defensive lineman as well, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, people forget how talked about Jadavion Clowney was his junior year. Uh, there were talks about him potentially not even playing. Uh, everybody, everybody remembers that uh, crackback hit he had against Michigan in the Outback Bowl, and that kind of started the legend of Jadavion Clowney in, in terms of how good he was. It was really one of the most unanimous first uh, first overall prospects that really I've ever seen, and people were really campaigning early on for him, Jadavion Clowney for Heisman, Jadavion Clowney for Heisman, and uh, sophomore year, I believe he had over 10 sacks, uh, was really good, was always really good against the run, and was really the program, him and Steve Spurrier, and I don't think it's any coincidence, as soon as he left, you know, that program starts to deteriorate a little, then Steve Spurrier decides to leave, and uh, South Carolina hasn't kind of uh, reclaimed that past glory uh, but I have uh, Jadavion Clowney at 19, was also the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, you're going to be hearing more about Jadavion Clowney for me. I have him a little bit higher um, in my 20 for 20. Number 18 pick for me is going to be Derrick Henry, running back out of Alabama. He was national champion in 2016, and he also won a Heisman Trophy in 2015. One of the only running backs to win in the last decade or so. Um, he's an SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2015. And uh, first team All-SEC 2015. He rushed for over 3,500 yards and 42 touchdowns uh, during his three seasons with Alabama. And he also broke the record held by one of my favorite NFL players, Sean Alexander, uh, for most rushing yards in Alabama history. And we know, of course, what he's doing with the Tennessee Titans now. Not that that's factored in here on the list, but uh, just to say that he continues to be an absolute beast in the backfield. Now, for me at number 18, I'm going to have a running back as well. LaMichael James uh, from Oregon. Uh, he was one of the big catalysts of the Chip Kelly era starting, if people remember that early in Eugene. Uh in 2010, the start of the era, he rushed for over 18,000 yards, uh, was super electric uh, for Oregon. Because when we used to think of early Oregon with Chip Kelly, we thought of speed. And LaMichael James was definitely the embodiment of that, was spectacular, uh, was always really fun to watch. Uh, people forget, that Oregon team was really freaking good. That, that Oregon team is one of the most forgotten teams probably the last decade. They were undefeated heading into the BCS National Championship game, and they ran into a buzzsaw and Cam Newton and the Auburn Tigers, and it was a relatively close game. Uh, but I have LaMichael James at number 18. Excellent selection. He's very dynamic, and I think he fit in really well in Chip Kelly's scheme 
Also, um, slightly underrated as a pass catcher. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Great college football player. Number 17 on my list is going to be Johnny Manziel, quarterback, Texas A&M. Um, most people know his story. Heisman Trophy winner in 2012. Uh, first ever uh, true freshman to win the award. And he also uh, made the first team All-SEC in 2012 and in 2013. SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2012. And also in 2012, he had kind of an iconic moment when number uh, one Alabama fell uh, to Johnny Manziel and company in Tuscaloosa. And he also managed that same year to blow Oklahoma out in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, during his time at Texas A&M, he threw 63 touchdowns to only 22 interceptions. And he also rushed for an additional 2,169 yards and 30 touchdowns in two seasons. So one of perhaps the um, best multifaceted running passing quarterbacks um, of the past decade. He would be a lot higher on this list had he actually been able to compete for a championship. So for me at number 17, I'm going to have my first and only non-Power 5 football player on here. Uh, ben, do you want to guess who it is? Because I know you love the non-Power 5 people. Carson Wentz? No, it is not Carson Wentz. It is Khalil Mack from, what do you know, the University of Buffalo. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Khalil Mack, uh, you could make an argument this last decade, he has been the best uh, non-Power 5 player, right? Uh, I, I think he would have a very strong standing with that. His senior year, he had 10 sacks, 18.5 tackles for loss. Uh, junior year, 21 uh, tackles for loss, 8.5 sacks. Was super dominant as a linebacker. And uh, I remember his senior year, people, there was buzz ab uh, about him. And the Bulls were playing uh, Ohio State, right? So Urban Meyer, we know what they represent. And the game was very close. It was only ended up being like 15 to 18 points, which is not the type of uh, game you would expect to come out of a UB versus Ohio State game. You expect Ohio State to win by like 50 because uh, they just had better players on the field. And I remember uh, the next uh, two days, because it was Saturday, on Monday, Urban Meyer called into Colin Cowherd's show. And Urban Meyer was like, damn, Colin? He's like, that number 46, that was Khalil Mack's number, he's like, we he had the, UB had the best player on the field. I wasn't expecting that one. <laughs> and, and Urban Meyer did nothing but gush about him, uh, and he single handedly kept UB in that game. You could just see how great he was. So I'm gonna go with Khalil Mack. Give the little guys some love, and uh, he's a big guy who has ended up having great success in the NFL too. By the way, so Khalil Mack for me at number 17. Great selection, and it really ties into what we were talking about on Thursday night. What we saw in that football game between the Buccaneers and the Bears on the NFL level, Khalil Mack played a big factor in helping them win the game by putting that pressure on Tom Brady, Daryl. Yes, he Number did. Number 16 for me would be Andrew Luck, quarterback from Stanford. And essentially, um, Andrew Luck, unfortunately, never won the Heisman Trophy, but he is a two-time Heisman Trophy runner-up. Uh, so he was consistently in that conversation. He was first team all Pac-12 in 2010 and 2011. And he also um, was a two-time Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2010 and 2011. Um, and, you know, something that's really impressive about Andrew Luck was he broke the Pac-12 record for completion percentage in a season twice. He also managed to throw for 82 touchdowns and 22 interceptions in his career. Another guy that, for me, he'd be a little bit higher on the list um, had he been able to play better in bowl games slash maybe compete for a national championship. I agree. Andrew Luck is great. Andrew Luck is going to be much higher on my list. Now, for me, at number 16... I'm going to have the guy who should have been in the movie Ghost from Girlfriend's Past. What do you know? It's Manti Teo. Uh, 
was a great football player, uh, led Notre Dame, and also I just want to say this, was one of the few defensive players realistic shot, a realistic shot of winning. Uh, you can remember this, Ben, as an Aggies fan. He was second to Johnny Manziel in, 20, in 2012, and there was conversation that year. Uh, had a lot of interceptions, which you also don't see from a middle linebacker. Led that Notre Dame team to the BCS National Championship game. The Notre Dame team that was not super talented. Uh, they always found close uh, uh, close ways to win games. <clears throat> had a lot of tough games, and he was definitely the leader of that defense. And you kind of see how he inspired that whole team. And really had a magical season, and the team had a magical run until they then ran into Alabama. But I'm going to give Manti Teo some praise for that and put him at number 16. He's definitely worthy of being on the list. Um, I remember him leading a goal line stand late in the season that year. I forget which team they were playing. It might have been against Stanford. I want to say it was against Stanford. Uh, He was one of the few defensive players um, over the course of the last decade that was really a rock star in college football as you pointed out, Daryl. And, and that's just rare in a, in, a, in a day and an age where offense seems to rule. And he was one of the first defensive players to have a realistic shot of winning the Heisman. Like, there's only a couple that I can think of, right? <laughs> Correct, yeah. I mean, so it was, um, he really stood out uh, in that regard. I'm going to keep the trend going here at number 15 with a defensive player. And Daryl, you've already talked about him. But I want to bring him up again. I've got Jadavion Clowney, defensive end out of South Carolina at number 15. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year in 2012, and he made first-team All-SEC uh, twice in 2012 and 2013. And, you know, he was just a real disruptor for that South Carolina defense. He racked up 24 sacks and nine forced fumbles in three seasons at South Carolina. And I put him, you know, ahead of Joey Bosa, too, um, because of that iconic moment that he had in college football. Not many players have a moment in time that kind of defines their college career, but that iconic hit where he knocked off the helmet of Vincent Smith from Michigan, causing a fumble, uh, and he recovered the fumble in the Outback Bowl, was just a classic college football moment that we'll never forget. Now, for me at number 15, I'm going to go with a quarterback out of Alabama that doesn't get talked about a lot because I know we talk about guys like Tua. Even now, people talk about Mac Jones. Uh, Jay Coker led Alabama to a national championship. But I'm going to put A.J. McCarron at number 15. One of the most decorated quarterbacks of this last decade. Uh... I think it's him. I think you can mention Deshaun Watson in that air. Also, Trevor Lawrence. We're eventually going to have to put Trevor Lawrence in there, probably soon after this year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence might be more decorated than A.J., but uh, A.J. was a two-time national champion, a back-to-back national champion, something that nobody else can say that they have done, right? Trevor Lawrence can't say that. Joe Burrow can't say that. Cam Newton can't say that. Uh, Baker Mayfield can't say that. None of these guys can say that. He led a team to back-to-back national championships, which doesn't happen in the sport. Uh, was the catalyst for two very great Alabama teams in terms of being the quarterback, being the leader. Uh, was very underappreciated during his career because in the SEC, people always talked about guys like maybe that put a bigger numbers like an Aaron Murray or a Zach Maddenberger, uh out of LSU. But A.J. was always great. Uh, you could see after he, how he left, how the kind of fact Alabama was in quarterback purgatory for a little bit. Uh, always made the right plays, was a game manager, was a leader. Uh, super tough, uh, an extension of the coach on the field. Uh, so I have A.J. McCarron, just a great college quarterback. Yeah, I think that's a, um, a really good point that you made about winning the back-to-back championships. Um, and, and, you know, he could, he could throw the football around, too. As I was telling you before we got on air here, I re- remember distinctly uh, this would be the year right after Johnny Manziel and Texas A&M went to Alabama and won. They won in a shootout. McCarron came to Kyle Field the following season and helped his team put up 49 points to beat the Aggies in a shootout. So he came prepared for the big games, and he was a stud. So kudos to A.J. McCarron. 
Number 14 on my list uh, would be the first wide receiver of the night, and that would be Mike Evans from Texas A&M. And, you know, Daryl, when we talk about all the success Johnny Manziel has had uh, during the course of his career, I think Mike Evans gets underappreciated a lot, but he was an absolute stud, and he was a huge reason for the success um, that Texas A&M had around 2012-2013. Mike Evans was first-team All-SEC in 2013, and he amassed 151 receptions for 2,499 receiving yards in the two seasons that he played, which is tremendous. He caught 17 touchdowns, and also, as a sophomore, he compiled 279 yards in the Alabama game alone. He also compiled another 287 yards and four touchdowns in the game against Auburn as a sophomore. So this just kind of shows you how much of a standout he is, even when he's playing some of the top teams in in, in the nation. And his success has obviously continued to translate into the NFL. No, I I agree. Mike Evans is great. Uh, Did not make my list, but uh, hey. Mike Evans made Johnny Manziel a first-round draft pick. <laughs> my Mike Evans, people forget my, my all these crazy tough catches Mike Evans makes in Tampa. He was doing that in A and M. My Mike Evans, uh, absolute monster and absolute stud. Now for me at number fourteen, I'm gonna have a guy you already mentioned, Derek Henry. Uh, during his Heisman year for Alabama, rushed for over two thousand yards, uh, twenty-eight rushing touchdowns. He ran Alabama to a national title game uh, with a quarterback in Jake Coker, who uh, is not in the NFL right now. I think he might be a coach somewhere. I haven't looked it up, but I'm pretty sure when you look up and you see the Wikipedia page, it's going to say, uh, try to play in the NFL was a national championship, right? Uh, we know Jake Coker, uh, transfer from Florida State, wasn't uh, maybe the best quarterback in the world. But uh, Derrick Henry was a stud. We see what he's doing with the Titans right now, but he was every bit of that. For Alabama, 6'3", 250 pounds, and nobody could tackle him, was running people over, and was dominant. And I think it also speaks to how good he was because not a lot of running backs win the Heisman. Not a lot of non-quarterbacks win the Heisman. It's a quarterback award. So if you're a non-quarterback and you're winning it, you're doing something right, particularly when you lead your team to a national title as well. So I think Derrick Henry's uh, very slept on and unforgotten. And you can make an argument out of all the great running backs that have come out of Alabama from the Mark Ingrams, the Trent Richardsons, the TJ Eldons. Uh, we see uh, Najee Harris right now, uh, Josh Jacobs. You can make the argument Derrick Henry was the best. Uh, and he would have a very strong claim to that. So Derrick Henry at number 14. I agree. It's the closest thing to a wrecking ball on a football field that I've ever seen. And it continues to this day in the NFL with the Tennessee Titans, which he basically carried them to the AFC Championship game last year. And he carried a bunch of other people with him. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to argue that point. That's fairly accurate. Um, so at number 13 for me, I have another member of the Crimson Tide, and that would be Jerry Judy, college football champion, in uh, 2017, he made the uh, first team All-SEC in 2018 and 2019. He's a consensus All-American in 2018. And when I look at the last two seasons at Alabama, he amassed over a 1,000 receiving yards in each of those seasons. So incredible to have a wide receiver with back-to-back 1,000 yards receiving in, 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 in college football. He also had, in his three seasons at Alabama, 26 career touchdowns. And Jerry Judy was just an absolute game changer. Um, A lot of times, um, I really dreaded seeing him uh, when when A&M would play Alabama. But he is just one of those guys, Daryl, that was very precise in his route running. But he also had the capability to blow the top off a defense. Yeah, no, Jerry Judy is uh, amazing. He's somebody that was not on my list, and uh, it's really hard when, when you're picking top 20, but Jerry Judy's great. Uh, was one of the most top, talked about wide receiver prospects I can remember coming out of the draft for a while, so Jerry Judy's definitely really, really solid. Now, for, when, we, when we talk about, sorry, I just wanted to jump in here. When we talk about 
best running backs at Alabama. You know, I, I think it's kind of consensus that it's probably Derrick Henry, at least over the past decade or so. And I think Jerry Judy would be in that conversation when we talk about wide receivers. I would agree with you. I, I Jerry, Jerry Judy has a claim for that. He definitely has a claim for that. And there's the Julios, the Amari Coopers, uh, Henry Ruggs, right? But uh, Jerry Judy definitely has a... Uh, uh, a claim on that one. Now, for me at number 13, I'm going to go with the guy. One of the most exciting college football players ever. Uh, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. People forget how real this guy was. This was another guy that had a legitimate shot to win the Heisman. Uh, people forget that 2011 LSU team. And the game of the century, Alabama <laughs> versus LSU. It's it's amazing that that you look at the players that were in that game, but uh, super opportunistic. People think he's opportunistic now in the NFL. Just look what my guy did in uh, college: eleven forced fumbles in the two years he played at LSU, four interceptions, two kick returns, four touchdowns, and this is what he did while at LSU for two years, including his sophomore year at LSU, where he led uh, them to a national championship game and. Uh, they beat Alabama in the regular season. We kind of know the story. The rematch, which kind of started the whole idea of the college football playoffs and everything that surrounds that. And uh, they lost, but uh, Tyron Matthew, one of the most exciting and dynamic college football players ever, particularly of this decade. So I'm going to give him some love at number 13. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I did not put him on my list, but he is certainly worthy. And um, it is certainly not his fault that LSU could not get the ball over the 50-yard line because he was not on the offense. Either game. Either game, Ben. (laughs) Either game. People forget that 6-9 one was pretty bad, too. (laughs) Well, yeah, LSU liked that one better than the championship. That, That is true. So number 12 for me. Uh, is a guy that we're talking a lot about in the NFL right now, and uh, that would be Lamar Jackson, quarterback for Louisville. Went under the radar a little bit in college, you know, never um, never was kind of competing for a spot in the, in the championship game or anything like that. Uh, but he was a Heisman Trophy winner in 2016, and he was um, ACC Player of the Year back-to-back in 2016 and 2017. Um, he also was the ACC Athlete of the Year in 2018 and a unanimous All-American in 2016. All he did was uh, throw for 69 touchdowns and 17 interceptions in three seasons. And he also rushed um, for 4,000 yards and 50 touchdowns um, during his time at Louisville. Yeah, Lamar, that, that's a great pick. You're going to hear from Lamar very, very soon. But first, we have to get to this guy at number 12, Chase Young. Uh, everybody knows how good Chase Young was. Uh, last year, when we had guys like Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow all playing at very high levels, you know what people said who the best player in college football was? And, and Justin Fields, by the way. Uh, people said it was Chase Young. Uh, Chase Young was a Heisman finalist with Burrow and his teammate Justin Fields. He was the recognized as the best player in college football last year. And I just want to stress that he was recognized as the best player in college football with guys playing like Tua, Joe Burrow, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Fields. And everybody thought Chase Young uh, was the guy, probably the best defensive end to come out of Ohio State. I think you could argue he's better than Bosa, both the Bosa brothers, which is something in and itself. Super dominant. Uh... You could not block him, but I remember they're playing. They're playing Penn State, and he just completely took over the game. People could not tackles could not handle this guy one on one. He ended up having 16 sacks his junior year, 16.5 to be exact. Just an utter monster. And when we talk about great defensive ends of this decade, you have the Bosa brothers. We've mentioned Jadavion Clowney. There's Miles Garrett, a guy from A and M that you know very well. Uh, Chase Young is one of the guys that really stands out. Uh, and Chase Young was amazing. So I'm going to go with Chase Young for me at number 12. Uh, yeah, I, I have him on my list also. Um, he's just an outstanding player. You're going to be hearing from him, from me um, about him a little bit later on. 
But for now, um, I want to talk about another defensive end, and that would be uh, one of the guys Daryl just mentioned, Miles Garrett, defensive end for Texas A&M. He was uh, quietly a uh, number one overall pick in the NFL draft. And uh, before that, he was a first-team All-American in 2015 and 2016, as well as first-team All-SEC in 2015-2016. And during his three seasons at Texas A&M, he amassed 31 sacks and seven forced fumbles and was just an absolute um, wrecking crew, a one-man wrecking crew on that defensive line for, for the Aggies that, uh, that, that really held that defense together. And he played in probably the best conference in all of college football. Yeah. Uh, ben, you have three Aggies. Ben, I was going to ask before we started this over or under uh, four Aggies on, on your top 20. <laughs> You're already getting close, Ben. I'm trying to be objective on this, Daryl. These guys that I put on this list, in my opinion, all deserve to be here. I thought, you see, Bennett, you see, I, I thought I felt bad about not putting a single guy from Georgia on the list. But you, you hear my guy, you got, you got multiple Aggies. Uh, <laughs> so, for me at number 11, I'm going to go uh, go with the guy that you were just talking about, Lamar Jackson. One of the most spectacular quarterbacks of this decade. Uh, if we went uh, the prior decade, 2000 to 2009, people would have said Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson is the evolution of Michael Vick, similar to how people might say Derrick Henry is the evolution of Marshawn Lentz, how Patrick Mahomes is the evolution of Aaron Rodgers. Like, when you see Lamar, he's spectacular. Uh, I remember watching him at Louisville, and I'm like, who is this guy? He's the quarterback. He's the fastest guy on the field. He's juking guys like this is a video game. Uh both his junior and senior year, he rushed for over uh, 15,000 yards and uh, 16,000 yards, respectively. Uh, had one year where he threw 30 touchdowns, Heisman winner, super amazing. Was never in the championship picture, but let's remember, Clemson and Deshaun Watson and Dabble Sweeney were looming. Uh, so that was how I remember they had a one great uh, game. They had some battle. He had some battles with Deshaun Watson, just couldn't get over them there. Uh, didn't necessarily have the team or the program to stack up with the Giants of college football. But one of the most spectacular and memorable quarterbacks that I think we're going to see, and I think we're all going to talk about this 10 years from now, regardless about how his NFL career pans out with the Ravens, and we're going to be like, Lamar Jackson was a damn good college quarterback. Damn good. And he was fun to watch. He's just an incredible player, Daryl. Uh, when, you, when you talk about that, that combination of rushing and passing, um, you know, there's only a handful of guys in college football that we've seen that can do that. And I, I would say in the last decade, Lamar is the best of the best when it comes to that. Multifaceted quarterback. And coming up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Ben are going to get into our top 10, our pantheon. Got him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Squabbler Podcast. We are doing 20 for 20, our top 20 college football players of this decade from 2010 till now. So I'm going to start it off. We are going to do our 10 through 1, our pantheon, as I always like to call it. So for me at number 10, I am going to have an Aggie, uh, Money Signs, Heisman Trophy, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, one of the most spectacular college football players I've ever seen, I, I will say this actually, he is the most spectacular college football player I've ever seen. I would even put him ahead of Lamar Jackson in that way. Uh, nothing was ever on schedule. Nothing was ever right. Uh, the snap would go over his head. He'd boggle it. He'd juke out like three guys and just throw a touchdown pass. Or, or you'd see him just in the open field just dancing on guys. Just super fun to watch. Uh, he was arrogant. He was cocky. Put up a lot of points. I remember they went to Alabama. They went to Tuscaloosa. 
the number one ranked Crimson Tide, and that redshirt freshman came in there and beat Alabama. They beat them. The defending champion Alabama Crimson Tide, I believe, who were undefeated at that point, number one of the nation. He came in and he did the job. Uh, I believe they ended up finishing fifth in the nation that year. They won their bowl game. Uh, was really good the next year. I ended up playing himself to the point where he could be a first-round pick. Obviously, he had some maturity issues, and that delayed his NFL career. But one of the most spectacular and legendary football careers I think uh, we'll ever see in college football, and really the only thing he's missing is a championship, and then he vaults into legendary status, in my opinion. It was it was fun, Daryl. It was like Charlie Sheen on a football field. <laughs> My my only knock on Manziel was that he came back his his sophomore year, and I don't think he played as well as his first year. So I think once once uh, defensive coordinators got enough film on him, they figured him out to some degree. But that's not to take away from his greatness. I mean, you know, being at Texas A and M when he was a football player there, um, it was all kinds of crazy on game day. Now, who do you have at ten? At 10 for me, I have a guy that I think might be maybe the most underrated guy from the um, from the, the last decade, and that would be um, Isaiah Simmons, linebacker for Clemson. Ooh, that's good. Uh, this guy, you know, two-time national champion in 2017 and in 2019, and of course he was even a runner-up uh, here in 2020. He's a unanimous All-American in 2019. And he was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. And he won the Buckus Award in 2019. He finished his career, Daryl, in four seasons with 239 tackles, five fumbles, and four interceptions. And he was a big part of Clemson's dominating defenses. When I think back to how they just rocked Alabama that second time they played them at the national championship in 2019. Isaiah Simmons had his stamp all over that game. And um, I, it's a pleasure uh, for me to still be able to watch him now that he's a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons is really good. I did not have him on my top 20. And a lot of good guys are going to get left off. This is a really tough list, uh, which is actually why I'm glad we're doing this. But Isaiah Sims is great. Uh, not much more you can say about him. Amazing football player. Uh, could do everything. And also, he's a converted safety to linebacker. Could hybrid. He, he could play anything. Like Just amazing athlete, amazing football player, and was uh, one of the leaders of those Clemson teams. Now, for me at number nine, I'm going to go with the guy you know very well, Ben. Ezekiel the Freak Elliott was the catalyst for an Ohio State National Championship run, the inaugural uh, championship run of the college football playoffs. They came in as the four seed. They beat Alabama. Ezekiel Elliott was amazing against Nick Saban's, Nick Saban's defense. Then he, he followed it up with another great performance against Marcus Mariota and the Oregon Ducks uh, during his time at Ohio State. He had years where he rushed for uh, over 18,000 yards. 18 touchdown seasons, a 23 touchdown season. Uh, in that uh, 2014 year when they uh, went to the playoffs, or excuse me, it might have been the 2013 year. Uh, no, it was 2014. Excuse me, it was 2014, uh, the inaugural year for the college football playoffs. Ohio State went through three quarterbacks, yet there's that one consistent in the running game, and I think it was a very calming effect for their offense. It was extremely dominant. And ran that team to a national title. So I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott at number nine. That's a good pick, Daryl. Um, you know, wonderful running back. Probably one of the better running backs we've seen in the last decade. Um, and just as you were saying, just an amazing college football run. Number nine for me is another guy that I know you and I have talked about countless times before. Um, and that would be Cam Newton quarterback Auburn and uh, of course he was actually and most people don't know this he's a two-time BCS national champion he actually won it in 2008 um, with the Florida Gators even though he wasn't a uh, starter and then of course he won again in 20, uh, 2010 uh, with Auburn 
that last-minute field goal to knock out that Oregon team that uh, Daryl was praising earlier in the show as a very good team. He won the Heisman Trophy in 2010. He was an AP College Football Player of the Year in 2010. And he finished his collegiate career with uh, the 52, inter- 52 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Um, hat off to Cam Newton. He is also the number one uh, overall pick. Cam, this is going to be interesting now, Ben. Cam is much higher on my list, so this is going to be really fun. Now, for me, at number eight, I'm going to go with famous Jameis, Jameis Winston. I know we think of Jameis for uh, the, the, the donut stuff on the sideline with Tampa, the being part of the 30-30 club, but Jameis was a really freaking good college quarterback. You mentioned Ben Johnny Manziel was the first freshman to ever win the Heisman. Who was the second? Jameis. Uh, came in, I remember he came in against Pittsburgh, dominated that game, uh, ended up leading uh, the Florida Sentinels as a true freshman to the national championship game. They beat the Auburn Tigers, who uh, had the kick six They in the miracle in Jordan Hare. That magical uh, team ran by Gus Malzahn and Nick Marshall. That, that, those teams were fun. And uh, Jameis Winston put a stop to that. He had Calvin Benjamin. And uh, was really great, was really poised as a freshman. You could see he had all the tools. Uh, great, uh, Pretty solid athlete. And then in 2014, um, led them to uh, the playoffs. They ended up losing to Oregon. I don't think the team was that good uh, that year. But also this, I want to say this as well. We talk a lot about Trevor Lawrence, how Trevor Lawrence has only lost one game. Jameis Winston only lost one game in college. And has never lost a regular season game. Uh, so I think people need to remember that how great and truly special Jameis was as a college football player. So I have Jameis Winston at number eight. Good pick. You'll be hearing more from me on Jameis shortly. For now, though, I'm going to go with a guy that Daryl has already talked about. Number eight for me is Chase Young, defensive end, Ohio State. And I can't remember... In, 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 in my time watching college football here, which has now been about like 15 years or so, I can't ever remember there being this much buzz around a freshman uh, that played defense. He was the uh, Big Ten Male Athlete of the Year in 2020, uh, unanimous All-American 2019, first team Big Ten 2019, and he actually made the all-decade Big Ten 2010s team And this guy, despite only being in college football, um, you know, for three seasons at Ohio State, he recorded 30 and a half sacks in three seasons. And that is second all time only behind a guy named Mike Frabel. So Chase Young, just an outstanding player. And just as you've already said, Daryl, considered to be the best college football player in, a, in an era where there was Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and quite a few other guys vying for that spot, including uh, his teammate, Justin Fields. Yeah, no, great pick. Uh, we all know what Chase Young represents. Uh, now for me at number seven, I'm going to go with White Lightning, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, super exciting. Dynamic. You don't typically see uh, white running backs have this much success, uh, which kind of made him a little bit different and unique. Uh, super fast. My God. When we all talk about Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey had some wheels on him. He could run, uh, could do stuff in the punt return, kick return game, could catch passes. Really just lightning and spectacular athlete. I know Ben probably got to see a lot of his games being that you're on the West Coast. Uh, ran for over 2,000 yards. All purpose had over uh, sixteen thousand yards. All purpose was somebody that could do it all. Uh, didn't always necessarily have the, that elite winning success that maybe guys that I had below, such as a Derrick Henry or an Ezekiel Elliott had. But uh, his college career was just as special, if not more. Was also uh, always in the talk of, of the Heisman uh, Heisman race. So I have Christian McCaffrey at number seven. That's a good pick. Um, he did not make it onto my top 20 list, but maybe he should have. Number seven 
for me is Baker Mayfield, quarterback for Oklahoma. And, of course, everyone knows Baker won the Heisman Trophy in 2017, and he's the AP Player of the Year in 2017, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in 2015 and 2017, and then he made first-team All-Big 12 three consecutive years from 2015 to 2017. He threw for in his career 131 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. It's very accurate. And in his final season at Oklahoma, he threw for over 4,600 yards. Also, um, iconic moment for him when he went to the Horseshoe uh, to play Ohio State and ended up beating them. Urban Meyer had praise for him after that game, and he actually planted the Oklahoma flag at the horseshoe. Yeah, oh. had some playoff success. He didn't win the playoff game his senior year, but he did take Georgia to overtime, and, you know, he showed up for that game, and he played pretty well, but he was just, Georgia was a little bit uh, better as an overall team than Oklahoma. And how did you feel when Baker Mayfield planted the flag being an Ohio State fan? I felt a little sick to my stomach. <laughs> all the time, um, you know, you just have to acknowledge greatness when you see it, whether you like it or not. And I think that's, you know, how I felt about Baker Mayfield. I already knew the guy was, was uh, elite and in a class of his own. Now, for me at number six, I'm going to go with a guy. We talk about Trevor Lawrence being the best prospect ever, but once upon a time, at the beginning of the decade, there we, we there was a term right now, it's, it's called tanking for Trevor. About ten years ago, there was a term called suck for luck. And we're going to go with Andrew Luck, quarterback out of Stanford. Um, had years where he threw for uh, 37 touchdowns. Uh, another year where he threw for 32 touchdowns, uh, threw for over 3,000 yards. Uh, really great college quarterback. The one thing I really want to emphasize with Andrew Luck, just to talk about how good he was, Stanford was never a power program. Like People go to Stanford for academics. They don't go to Stanford for football. But Jim Harbaugh came, and it, that started to change. And I think Andrew Luck was a big part of that. And if we've seen what Jim Harbaugh has done with Michigan, maybe it was more Andrew Luck that kind of set the tone and the culture for the uh, Stanford Cardinals, who ended up being better than teams like USC at that time, which is amazing to think because they don't get the same talent that a USC gets, right, that an Oregon gets. And they were always in that type of conversation. Uh, was a Heisman finalist multiple times. A really great college football quarterback, and people forget how good he was, and he put Stanford on the map. Uh, and I know David Shaw's carried that on, and Stanford's been going strong, but Andrew Luck was the start of people taking Stanford seriously. So I'm going to have Andrew Luck at number six. Excellent pick. Um, you know how highly I think of Andrew Luck. He's on my list as well. Um, so now, um, kind of another crossover for me at number six, I'm going to go with a guy you've already talked about, Jameis Winston, quarterback for Florida State. He was a BCS national champion in 2013, and I'll go ahead and remind everybody that's listening that it took a last-second drive by Jameis Winston to win the game, and it was absolutely spectacular he had a spectacular freshman year he not only led a last second drive against auburn as a true freshman but i believe he went to death valley in clemson in a night game and they annihilated clemson came through they annihilated clemson which is highly impressive he was of course only the second ever player out of win the heisman trophy as a true freshman acc athlete of the year in 2014 ACC Player of the Year in 2013, and uh, All-ACC First Team in 2013-2014. And he finished up uh, with 65 touchdowns to 28 interceptions. And um, he enjoys seafood like me, so I had to put him in my, my top ten. <laughs> ben, I hope you don't enjoy taking them without paying, though. <laughs> no, I like to pay for my seafood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James was struggling with the pay aspect, though. <laughs> 
You just thought you could just take the crab legs. Now, for me, at number five, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. I'm feeling a little bit dangerous right now. Was a multiple-time Heisman finalist. I believe he was a three-time Heisman finalist. Uh, was great for college football. Like you said, he planted the flag at OSU. The jabbing that him and Colin Cowherd have. Uh, being a walk-on at OU. Being a walk-on at Texas Tech. Uh, kind of having that grit. Uh, winning the Heisman. And, you know, went to the college football playoffs multiple times. Uh, one year they lost to uh, Deshaun Watson and Co. and Clemson. And then the other year was to Georgia. Uh, been re- he's been really great for the Oklahoma program, whether it was Stoops or whether it was Riley. Uh, Baker's always been that guy. He's always been legit and had one of the best college football careers ever. And if he has a championship, uh, he might be number one on my list personally, but uh, he didn't, so that's why he's going to have to settle with number five. Number five for me is another quarterback, I have Joe Burrow, quarterback for the LSU Tigers. People remember him well. He is the current, um, one of the current members of the national championship team from 2020. Um, won the Heisman Trophy in um, the 2019-2020 season. And also he set an NCAA record. Um, during the 2019 season, throwing for 60 touchdowns in a single season. AP College Football Player of the Year in 2019, and he also threw um, for his career 78 touchdowns to only 11 interceptions. And during his last year in college football with LSU, his record-breaking year, other teams were not even close. They weren't even on the same level as Joe Burrow and the Tigers, I would have Joe Burrow higher had I seen the elevated play over multiple seasons. But as it stands right now, he is um, kind of an outlier for for one huge season uh, college football player. But there are very, very few players that I've ever seen that have had a better season than Joe Burrow had last year. Yeah, Joe Burrow is spectacular. Now for me at number four, I'm going to go with a guy that we're seeing in the eye of the storm right now in college football, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, by the end of this year, maybe he he could be number one. Uh, I, I just need to see a little bit more. It's only a two years. Uh, a national champion as a freshman, a runner-up as a sophomore. He's only lost one game in his entire career, and it was to arguably the greatest team ever. Uh, has been part of great games. I mean, my gosh, we have to remember that Ohio State-Clemson game last year, that two-versus-three matchup in the college football playoffs. I mean, that's going to go now and down in my mind forever as one of the best college football games ever. He could do everything. Me and Ben, we were just talking about this off the air, and I was just telling you everything Trevor Lawrence can do. He can throw it deep. He can throw it long. He's athletic. Uh, for God's sakes, he ran for 70 yards running away from Ohio State defenders. And if you're doing that, you're you're an athlete if you're doing that. Uh, can do everything. Uh, is going to have a great NFL career and has had one of the best college football careers ever. So I have Trevor Lawrence at number four. Perfect segue in here. I also have Trevor Lawrence at number four. Our paths finally crossed tonight. All the things you just said, I think it's just highly impressive. Um, all these kind of situations he has put into as a freshman. I know they, they started him like halfway through the uh, – night game at College Station against Texas A&M. That's really his first um, first start. Um, and, and he played spectacular. Like, he came right in and and uh, threw, threw a bomb for a touchdown. And he just never looked back. I mean, he is um, spectacular. He dominated Alabama as a freshman. Last year, he was the runner-up to, just as you said, one of the greatest football teams ever, maybe, in, in college. <laughs> Um, he's an all ACC first teamer in 2019. And, uh, you know, right now after tonight, he is 29 and one as a starter. And dare I say, Daryl, he has prevented the U from being back. So, you know, that's something else that we can add to the resume for Trevor Lawrence. 
And prior to this season starting, and I don't have the most up-to-date statistics here, but prior to this season starting, he had 66 touchdowns, only 12 interceptions, which um, when you look at it statistically, that is pretty elite. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is amazing. Now for me, at number three, I'm going to have a guy you just talked about, Joseph Burrow. Uh, last year he was in our minds and our hearts. Had one of the biggest ascensions I've ever seen. He went from a mediocre, average college quarterback to maybe the best college quarterback ever in terms of one season. Uh, Brady-esque, the way he dissected defenses. It's always like, you, you can't stop him from long. Even against Clemson. Clemson had the lead at one point of the national championship game. And it's like, you know Joe's going to make a run. You know Joe's going to make a run. Calm and cool under pressure. Uh, amazing. To me, he made LSU. We see what LSU is right now. People can argue that they've lost talent, and, and that's a valid point. But we've seen what Ed Orgeron and the LSU program has been before Joe Burrow, with Joe Burrow, and now after Joe Burrow. And I think we'll all take the with Joe Burrow. <laughs> and, and that's the one common, with Joe Burrow uh, and, and without Joe Burrow, right? So I have Joe Burrow at number three. My number three, I'm going to go with Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback from Alabama. And, you know, I, I think he's one of these players for me with just a really iconic moment um, in college football. Really the first time we saw him play significant minutes ended up being in the second half of the national championship game and during the 2018 season when his team was down by 13 points. And he led them to a comeback win. They won that game in overtime against Georgia. The following year, he was also a runner-up. Uh, they fell to Clemson. And, you know, SEC Offensive Player of the Year in 2018, All-SEC First Team in 2018. And, again, with the statistics, I mean, outstanding here, threw for 87 touchdowns in his career to only 11 interceptions. He, in my opinion, completely changed the Alabama culture that was maybe a little bit rigid, maybe a little bit old school, where Nick Saban just wanted to run the ball, and he really made them more dynamic and opened up the passing game for that team. Well, I have to say this, Ben. I did not have Tua in my top 20, um, but I definitely understand why you have Tua on there. Now, for me at number two, I have... First name Deshaun, last name Watson. Dabo Sweeney called him the Michael Jordan of college football. Maybe he is. Uh, I just called, uh, I compared Joe Burrow a little bit to Tom Brady, but when I watched uh, Deshaun Watson, I was sold on Deshaun Watson when I watched him play Alabama, and I saw him kept getting hit and hit and hit, and he kept getting up, and he kept getting up and making throw after throw after throw. Deshaun Watson versus Nick Saban's defense, just a great battle of mind, wits, and will. Super clutch. Never won the Heisman. You can make an argument he was always the best player in college football. I know Derrick Henry won the award one year, but uh, you can make an argument Deshaun Watson was better than all of them. And he, he, he proved that when the chips were down, he could get the job done uh, very easily. Very easily could be a two-time uh, national champion repeating, doing something that I said only A.J. McCarron had done and uh, came really close to doing it, just couldn't do it the first year. Coker and co. got it over him. But then with Jalen Hurts and that team, you know, Deshaun got the deal done. Uh, so I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson at number two. Yeah, that's a really, really good pick as well there, Daryl. Um, he's certainly one of the one of the better college football quarterbacks to come through the ranks in the last decade. Number two for me, I am going to go with Ezekiel Elliott, running back from Ohio State. Okay. And when I look at things for him, I mean, it's just incredible. He had back-to-back -back seasons where he rushed for 1,800-plus rushing yards in 2014 and 2015. In 2015, he had 12 games with over 100 rushing yards. That ties Eddie George's record. Uh, he is the, the Big Ten MVP in 2015. Um, but really, the, the major reason why he's on this list to me is because I think he had one of the most incredible runs that I have ever seen in college football in the 15 years that I've, I've been watching it. How many teams... 
would ever be able to make the college football playoffs relying on their third string quarterback. Alabama was done after they lost to it. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, it's just, it was, it, that 2015 championship run was incredible. I, and, and to be honest with you, Ezekiel Elliott put that team on his back. He was that guy that carried them to that championship. He absolutely ran through the the, uh, the Big Ten championship game. I think they had Wisconsin that year. You know, we've had the conversation about Wisconsin. Wisconsin still probably got to go to the Rose Bowl that year. I, I don't recall exactly, but I assume that's what happened. Um, and then, you know, Ohio State uh, played Nick Saban in Alabama, and, and Ezekiel Elliott ran them over, and, and then he continued to dominate in the championship game against uh, Marcus Mariota in, Ohio, in, in Oregon. So, I mean, I've just never seen anything like him before. Um, one of the strongest, toughest running backs, one of the players with the most heart that I think I've ever seen. Incredible. Now, for me at number one, I'm going to go with Cameron Newton. Uh, it was tough for me when I made this list. I texted you uh, last night, Ben, and I was kind of like thinking about how I wanted to make this list. And Cam, he only had one season playing Division One uh, college football, uh, even though he did win a national championship with a uh, Glen Community College, by the way, if we want to count that. So he's a two-time. So so you said he was one in Florida. He's a three-time national champion, Ben. <laughs> he's, he's a three-time national champion. That's great. He's a, he, has, he has three rings. He has three rings. Uh, was dominant at Auburn. His last year playing college football, 30 touchdowns, passing 20, rushing, was one of the most physically imposing players I've ever seen. It's kind of like you see Derrick Henry, but he's playing quarterback, and it's like, oh my gosh, I have to tackle this guy. That Auburn team, when you take away Cam, they were not special. After Cam left, they went through a rebuilding stage. They ended up getting Gus Malzahn in there, and they had their run in uh, 2013, right? They lost to Jameis. But uh, the Gene Chizik era was marked by Cam Newton. Uh, they beat Alabama, the defending national champions, right? Who had guys like Mark Ingram, Julio Jones. I mentioned they had Barrett, uh, super good. Chance Warmack, DJ Fluker. Like, Alabama was freaking loaded. Uh, and they beat Alabama. That was Cam. Uh, spectacular, beat the Eugene, Oregon team. Uh, the Oregon Ducks with uh, Chip Kelly, uh, LaMichael James. He beat them. Like, Cam was amazing. Uh, so I'm going to give Cam... Number one, because I think he reached the highest peak of any college football football player, even above somebody like Joe Burrow, uh, particularly given the fact to the talent of his team, to how good he was playing and was the Heisman that year. So I'm going to have Cam Newton for me at number one. Well, for me at number one, I didn't think it was particularly close. I'll disagree with you to some degree, obviously, because I already had Cam Newton earlier. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. Davro Sweeney's called him the Michael Jordan of, of, of football. And, um, you know, he's just an incredible player, Daryl. When you when you look at everything uh, put together for him, he's a two-time Heisman finalist. He was the ACC Athlete of the Year back-to-back in 2016 and 2017. He finished off his career with 90 touchdowns to 32 interceptions. Just remarkable. And, and then when you think about it, he got to the championship game the first time uh, around in 2016, and, and they lost by inches in kind of a heartbreaking fashion to Alabama. Um, and then the next year, he comes back, and he just raises his game to a whole nother level. I, I will never forget, as long as I live, 31 nothing over Ohio State at the Fiesta Bowl on their way to the national championship game. 31 to nothing against an Urban Meyer coached football team. I've never seen that ever. I've never seen anybody else do that to an Urban Meyer coached football team. That Ohio State team that year was pretty darn good as well. And then they, of course, ascended to the throne on what was one of the most spectacular drives of the last decade, that last minute drive where he found Hunter Renfro in the end zone to win the game. 
That's true. No, I, I, I'm going to roll with Cam, but you're going to roll with Deshaun. That is correct, yep. Who do you think was more dominant, though, Ben? Well, I, I mean, in my book, I would probably say Deshaun Watson oh, because yeah. I got to see the domination at uh, the Division One level over more than one <laughs> That's true. That, 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 that's true, and that's fair. And it was tough for me to make the list. I just went over because I thought his peak was the highest. And that's kind of what gave me the tiebreaker over that. Um, yeah, I mean, and I guess, you know, in all fairness, if I'm if I'm considering it, I have to say late in the season for Clemson, I think their peak was greater than, than the Auburn peak. I think Alabama posed more of a challenge than Auburn did when I compare their, their championship runs and who they played. And um, certainly Auburn didn't... Um, didn't take down an, a team like Ohio State 31 to nothing on their way to the championship. No, they did not. But they did beat the defending champion Alabama. That Alabama team was very good. I will give you that. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Sports Squabbler podcast, for coming on the show. I always appreciate when Ben comes on or you guys want to check out Ben. Uh, he's on SoundCloud. I believe he's on Apple, too, and Spotify. Uh, Type in Sports Squabbler Podcast. I know he's getting his podcast back up to date, and I just listened to his last one. And he delved into the NBA, talked about the Clippers. So um, everybody check out Ben. He also has a Facebook page uh, for his podcast, Growing. So check that out as well. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode, the 212th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.